This is Channel 253. In this episode of Crossing Division. But one thing she said is that this like whole idea that Iman's, you know, person is a flawed guy, you know, mm-hmm. he has like these issues with the attorney general's office, he has he campaign finance issues. Apparently past. stole a chair. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, I mean, we haven't even touched on we that. Touched on- <laughs> Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Evelyn Lopez. Hey, today on a very special, again, cross, Crossing Division and Citizen Tacoma, we are talking with Melissa Santos about one of our most interesting Washington people, yeah. Tim Iman. So we want to know who is Tim Iman and why do we care? Yeah. And who are you, Melissa, yeah, by start the way? With you, oh, Melissa. Who are you, Melissa? Um, I'm actually surprised that both of you want to be here interviewing me. I'm just a reporter. I used to work at the News Tribune. I worked there for just eight years. Just a reporter. Um, I, I uh, now work at Crosscut, which is a nonprofit media outlet in Seattle. We're tied to the local PBS station. And I just wrote five, four, 4,000 words on Iman. Was it 4,000 words? It was 4,000 words. It read words. like 1,000. That's really sweet of you. I'm not sure everyone agrees, but that's okay. We can talk about it no, in a more fun way good. on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Which well, we are now on. So we're, we're jumping in. So if you haven't read Melissa's story on Tim Iman, it's really good because it goes back to his very beginning, to his watch sale days. Mm. And tell us what it, what led you to do that and sort of take us through that story and what was interesting about that. Well, to be honest... Um, I had a lot of reservations about writing a profile of Iman because yeah. this is a guy. Uh, he's, the, I mean, for people who don't know, he's a he sponsored seventeen initiatives that have gone to the ballot in Washington State. He's actually sponsored many more that didn't qualify. I mean, yeah. several a year usually he tries to get put in front of voters. And he's a total attention hog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like writing a profile of someone who is like, "Great, when can we meet? I'd love to have a profile of me." You're like, "Oh mm. boy, right." <laughs> um, so, but, but it started sort of because we we do have a lot of new people in the Seattle area, especially, mm-hmm. but also Tacoma, I think, mm-hmm. um, that don't, they don't know the 20-year history of this person who, you know, has been kind of a fixture since the late 90s. His, his first initiative was in 1998 uh, that went to voters. So, people just don't know. I mean, we have editors who moved from across the country who are like, literally, they asked... Who is this Tim Iman uh-huh. guy, and why do people on the internet seem to hate him? <laughs> In Seattle's progressive sphere, a lot of it is hate. It's not hate all statewide, obviously. No. These initiatives pass, mm-hmm. you no. know? Yeah. Um, and so that became like a question, and I was like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. But I agreed I'd, I'd, I'd try to interview him and see if I saw, could see a story that mm-hmm. would just be like, what an interesting person. Because I think that's a dangerous way to mm-hmm. approach someone who is a And when he was first right. started looking at this, he hadn't said anything about running for governor. No. <laughs> he did not. And I was about to finish it. I mean, and, and um, actually, we had planned to run it, and he knew this, uh, the Monday when he was filing his paperwork. And uh-huh. that Thursday before... He randomly said at the Sound Transit board meeting, and I'm going to run for governor, and you're not allowed to do that at yeah. like, public God. meetings like that. So they cut off his mic, and I wasn't even there because I was doing a timeline of all his initiatives and these like other stuff to go with the story. And I was like, I talked to this guy six times this week. Right, and he never mentioned? Never mentioned that it was on his mind, you know? And do you think it, he decided in that moment? I think he might have decided that morning. I think it might have <laughs> been have. kind of... Um, <laughs> Spur of the moment, because it's certainly at the beginning, you know, reporters asked him and I asked him the next day, 
what party do you think you're going to run as? He's like, you know, I haven't given it any thought. And you're like, hmm. well, I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe he hasn't given the whole thing any thought. Or maybe he does have a plan and he just doesn't want to share it. It's just, it was bizarre. So, um, yeah, that was a surprise. But then you're kind of also dealing with, we don't write profile. I don't write announcement stories even right. at Crosscut mm-hmm. uh, for people who announce their running. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't do that for every person. So that's kind of put you in a quandary because mm-hmm. now you have this guy where we've been prepping this piece. And so I was almost inclined to completely drop it because mm-hmm. I just think that that's an unfair treatment for mm-hmm. one candidate. But, um, you know, I figured if we were honest with readers and we're like, we started working on this before mm-hmm. because people had questions, you know, who, you know, about, about uh, you know, this guy mm-hmm. and and who he is. And I, I didn't see anything that put together his whole history. I keep hitting the mic because I just talk with my hands. You can't see that on the <laughs> podcast. flailing. Uh, but um, I hadn't seen all of it in one place. You know, yeah. it was even hard for me to go back and find, okay, this initiative that passed to cut car tabs in 2001, or I guess it was 99 and 2000, maybe those two. What happened with that? Because we're talking about this again now. It's right. even hard to trace the history. So I thought there would be some value in doing that. Yeah. But then that was what the story was supposed to be. And then it kind of turned into something else because now yeah. he's a gubernatorial candidate. So we had to figure out how to deal with that. And and I thought just telling readers, this is what the story was supposed to be about. Now suddenly this guy's running for governor. Here's right. what he was telling me. You know, here's what he told me about his history and mm-hmm. how he's affected politics in the state was the best way to do it. Yeah, a lot of last so. minute reporting on uh, running, getting people's opinions on like his his run. I only, you know, I tried to still kind of stick to the frame that I originally planned mm-hmm. it to be and just be. And, and so I only did a couple extra interviews on that. But, yeah, I did have a late night, like Sunday night, uh, like when this is going to run sometime Monday, like text from Iman at like 1030. That made me had to like scramble and. Do some research Mm -hmm. to figure out he was not telling me the truth about something. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like what? Um, He told me – it's really in the weeds. But I I, I decided to report out his bankruptcy file a little Mm -hmm. more carefully after he announced he was running for governor. Sure. Because, you know, this is someone – oh, this is also part of the history, a huge part of the story. He's been accused of basically enriching himself with donations meant for – Initiative campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not the first time he's been accused of that. He actually had a settlement in 2002, which I don't see mentioned very often. That's no. another reason I wanted no. to write the story. That was a very similar. Um, him not being disclosing that he was paying himself mm-hmm. with campaign donations. Mm-hmm. And for that one, I mean, this is a really big deal. He was barred from being a treasurer or being sort of in the financial side of any campaign for for li- I mean, forever. Uh, but the right. thing is, I guess it's interesting now because he's very involved with fundraising for all these initiatives. Mm-hmm. But he's not actually the treasurer per se. Right. So this time, the state attorney general is proposing to ban him from all kind of financial involvement, which it looks as if it would include fundraising for initiatives mm-hmm. in general. And, you know, being – I think – it's a little little vague. I had to, I have to go over it with the AG every time. What are you mm-hmm. asking for? Um, but uh, you know, being involved at all financially, it's a much broader kind of ban yeah. they're looking to impose. Yeah. Uh, so that's something he's facing in court right now. But I don't think that there. I, and uh, maybe there has been somewhere in history, but I don't think there has been anyone else who was banned from being involved in that's this type of political I haven't activity. Checked. I, it is a really rare penalty. I it's haven't heard super of it before. Rare. Um, I haven't heard of it before. Uh, you know, if you ask Iman, certainly that was a settlement that he sort of agreed to. He still didn't really admit guilt, even though yeah. he said he lied to the press about right. So it was kind of a weird situation there. Um, but, you know, he's 
it, it's not looking great for him because he has co-defendants who have already been found. A, a judge has already ruled that they they were sending him payments that yeah. were improper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't bode well for his case. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where he's at. So in a lot the minds of a lot of people, he was on the ropes, basically, and now he just had a win with this initiative. So right. he was kind of – it was an interesting time to talk to him a little bit because – He's been having some troubles for the last several years, mm-hmm. and he finally got a win. He hasn't had many recently. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty big win. And it's yeah. a big win. And it also kind of brings this whole history full circle because $30 car tabs was one of the first initiatives he ran. And mm-hmm. um, the other one, his other, the first one he actually did in 1998 was affirmative action and banning mm-hmm. affirmative action. And that kind of came back on the ballot this year, too, mm-hmm. because um, there was a basically a referendum 88 would have lifted that 21-year-old ban. It did not pass. So that mm-hmm. was sort of, in Iman's mind, a validation as well, even yeah. though he wasn't involved in this that issue this time. And then the next year, 1999, he had put $30 car tabs on the ballot and it passed. So this was 20-year, 21-year history kind of coming back and kind of where Iman was very involved in both of those issues mm-hmm. over the last two decades. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's why we decided to do a story. I, I was kind of reticent about it. But um, uh, I feel okay about it because... We went pretty thoroughly over his history of mm. doing basically what are stunts. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. in that context, it's helpful for people to know. One of the interesting things, and you did cover the stunts really well, I had actually started to form a, an opinion that he doesn't really care whether his initiatives get overturned by the courts at all. Mm. Because in some ways, that actually gets more... Um, emotional anger going on his behalf. Mm -hmm. You know, if he does an initiative and it's fairly popular and then the courts say, yeah, too bad. I mean, you violated any number of constitutional provisions in doing this, so we're throwing it out. Then everyone is outraged. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, the voters have been, you know, disregarded. And then it's like like job security for him in a way. Yeah. (laughs) Because this is that that outrage then you can totally build on for your next initiative and say, look how they're all against me. Mm -hmm. And especially since he's making an income off of these initiatives, you know, getting people emotionally invested in them and giving money to them Mm -hmm. is is that really the purpose behind it all? Certainly there's a lot of people who feel that is the case. Um, and then, you know, that I, I heard different opinions on this. Does he I mean for background it is of the 17 initiatives that Iman has had go to voters. 11 have been approved by voters, so that's not a terrible record, right no, it's there. That's pretty good. However, mm-hmm. um, eight of them so far have been blocked or overturned by the courts, and then this new one is also possibly um, uh, maybe headed that way as well. It's hard to say because it's still going through the court process, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. in the middle of a legal challenge where people are also arguing it's unconstitutional. So that's not a good record on actually having initiatives. Uh, be, you know, upheld and actually mm-hmm. last. Um, like they're popular, but they're not constitutional. Yeah, or, that, that can, that's been certainly the And it's a very similar problem every time. Mm-hmm. And it's really sort of like trying to shove way too many things into one initiative. So if you really wanted $30 car tabs, you could run an issue that's just the state shall, n- shall not charge any more than $30 for car tabs. Yeah, and that has har- caused some conservatives who have supported past I'm an initiatives to start to splinter off and say, why haven't you started writing these better? You know, I mean, um, there's a group and I talked to some of one of the leaders of it now that is looking to do its own, go its own way and do, mm-hmm. you know, anti-tax initiatives that are written constitutionally because, you know, they basically said we were told that there were issues with this initiative and then another initiative that I'm in had filed but didn't go 
that didn't qualify, didn't get enough signatures. And they were like, don't put this forward. Let's write a good one. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to press forward mm-hmm. with um, the one that some scholars, well, not scholars, I guess lawyers had questioned already. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in that case, some people are suspicious that it's not about the policy and that there's more, there is an income um, generating aspect to it. So that's been something I've heard a few times. Mm-hmm. And he's made a career out of it. Right. Yeah. And so what I'm really curious about, and I was like texting you about this earlier, like what is this dude like in person? So Ayman is known, and this is why I, you can't write responsibly about Ayman <laughs> without acknowledging that he manipulates the media. Like he is known to go through the press houses in Olympia, talk up everyone. He's super friendly. We'll talk about – well, he's very complimentary sometimes to the press in person. And then um, he might, but then in his emails to fundraisers, he'll complain about how the media is against him and sometimes, um, sometimes specifically criticize the same Hmm. media people who he's like buttering up. Um, Like one time I was telling Candace earlier that I think it was 2016, one of his fundraising emails, we can swear on this program, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But direct quote was like, kiss my ass, Melissa Santos, kiss my (laughs) ass, Walker Ornstein, who was a colleague of mine at the the News Tribune at the time. Um, and we're like, what is this, right? Because when I talk to him in person, he's very, um, he's just Affable. very different. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's his thing. And so even people who are opposing him, you know, so like he's extremely personable. Mm-hmm. Like people, um, you know, I mean, one guy who is very critical of his policies was telling me, you know, you can't help but like him as a person. He's just very. If you know, if you're like talking yeah, to him. Yeah, if you're talking to him. People obviously do not like him as a person. There's plenty of people yeah. who do not. But, you know, one-on-one, the, the sort of um, intensity that he brings to his fundraising emails and anger doesn't always come through one-on-one. Like he's – he was one of the more responsive sources I dealt with on initiatives this hmm. year, which is weird, you know? I mean, so he's got this sort of dual personality, mm-hmm. which makes it hard to trust him in some ways, right, mm-hmm. if you're the reporter covering him. So – you have to, like, recognize that. Like, I think I have a friend who um, completely inadvertently found himself sitting next to Iman at the stay hearing oh, okay, uh, yeah. last week in King County. And he said it was wild. He said he never sat still. He was extremely fidgety and couldn't help himself but to, like, blurt out answers or comments to when it, whatever the judge said or whatever the attorneys said. Yeah. So uh, I kind of got this, you know, real sense of impulsivity. Mm. He does talk with his hands a lot. I mean, I do too. I was telling that. But Iman's <laughs> really specific. I was actually wish I had noted his hand gestures more during our interview. I mentioned it during my story once because they were so noteworthy. He'll cut into the air like with his hands. He'll be like karate chops. He'll like <laughs> he'll like he'll like gesture and 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 put his hand out on the table and do stuff. And um and I, I was behind him a couple rows at that hearing. So I didn't see all of that. Mm-hmm. I did see him he did speak up or even jump up. I think he might have even stood up at the end of the hearing before it was over to argue with the judge. I mean, he yeah. was arguing with the judge. Wow. And the judge had to say, "This is we're not going to let this become a free-for-all. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people with opinions on this here, and it's unfair for me to just let you talk, you know? And Iman was alleging that the AG, the attorney general mm-hmm. was making bad arguments or didn't, you know, full, do a good enough job. Mm-hmm. He's like a little boy. Yeah, and then immediately, immediately. So, but this is the thing, and this is what it's just like when you're covering him. You're like, how do we we get caught in this trap? Mm. Um, I'm. It's easier when you're print to not do this, but um, you know, immediately he's surrounded by cameras out in the hallway, right? right? You know, it's like, I mean, it is it, certain. He's an actual figure. You have to like talk to him. I get, I get people 
yelling at me for even talking to him. And it's like, well, he, yeah. you do have to sometimes talk mm-hmm. to him, you guys. But you can't just same, pretend he doesn't exist. I hate that shit when people criticize journalists. Well, for that. at the same time, mm-hmm. though, I mean, the problem is he knows exactly how to do this. It, it, it's especially for TV. You need a, you need visual. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to, and if you're interviewing someone, you need to get them on camera. It's that's how you do it. So he sets it up and makes it super easy. He randomly calls press conferences all the time, mm-hmm. like the day before. Thanksgiving, he had like a 2 p.m. press conference in Bellevue. He emailed everyone about, and I was like, I'm not going to that. How did people <laughs> shut up? Do you know? I'm not sure because I didn't go. I mean, yeah. I didn't go. I was like, I'm writing about the. I'm writing about the hearing, but I'm not going. Oh, yeah, I'm not going out there. <laughs> so, so I mean, I mean, but he uses that. I mean, if you're writing a new story about what happened when this ruling came out from the hearing from yesterday, like, and you want a response from Iman, I'm sure there's some TV people who, sure. you know, logically went out there because they do need his response, and he just. Well, he does, um, you know, sort of act on, I'll say impulse, but it may even be more strategic. I mean, he immediately, and I should say, I I am an attorney at the attorney general's office again. So take this all with a grain of salt, although I think very highly of my office. But he immediately, you know, came out in the attack against the attorney general's office and immediately had a letter that Cairo had picked up and a number mm-hmm. of people had picked up. And it was like, what is this? So, I mean, he really does kind of know how to how to sort of you know trigger the story to kind of get the attention right and he's been doing this for years right i mean when it was it was really telling to me when i interviewed him talking about he remembers reporters names faces like he know he makes an effort to know so he was saying to me he's like a crow yeah, well, you know, I mean, he told me, I mean, it's funny, and anytime Tim Iman tells you something happened that involves a person from 20 years ago, like, well, I guess I'm calling Brian Sontag, I guess right. I'm calling, I guess I'm calling this person, because you just, I just am not comfortable just attributing anything to him without right. checking uh, so someone else, which is what we should always do, but sometimes as a journalist, you're like, if he said that happened, I'll just say that's his account, and, mm-hmm. but with, with Iman, you just can't do that. So mm-hmm. I ended up having to go call every single person who Iman mentioned by name. One of them was Dave Ammons, who is Associated mm-hmm. Press reporter, who's now uh, works now as chair, I think, of the, P- chair of the, of the PDC. Public Disclosure Commission. Mm-hmm. So he and I kept our conversation super confined mm-hmm. to that, you know, when Ammons was covering the legislature for the Associated Press in 2002. Um, because even by Iman's own admission, he called, he decided to call Ammons on a Super Bowl Sunday to tearfully confess that he'd been lying about not taking money from his initiative campaigns. Yeah. And then I'm I'm in Ammons. Oh, man. Ammons, the <laughs> Those reporter, are tough ones. went back and then wrote up a whole story. But, you know, Ammons even told me, and I, I didn't put this in the story because all these details are not super germane, but, you know, he said he thought that Iman knew to call him because he knew that Associated Press, it'll go on the wire, it'll be in every paper. So he... Gets, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. you know, at one, one phone call, so he, he can get the story everywhere. everywhere. So he, he has, like, a list, I'm convinced, of, like, prioritization. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm at CrossCut, I'm further down on the list, which mm-hmm. is fine. It's it's a fine. I don't care. Uh, but further down than when you're at the TNT? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Because he does these calculations. Oh, News Tribune stories will also probably run in the Bellingham Herald right, and all these the other Olympian McClatchy papers. The, he does yeah. all these calculations. And then the next day, apparently, after the 2002 again, he had – he told me at one point – that reporter showed up at his house, and then he went to the post office to give them a better visual. That's how he described it. Hmm. I, I mean, he it was it was partly he didn't he was like he acted as if he didn't want him around his family, but then he said I, to give him a better visual. You know, I went over to the post office, and I'm like to give him better the visual. Post so like, office. What? 
Um, like he's thinking about the background. Like yeah. he's thinking about where he's standing. He held a press conference. So he's thinking it looked sort of more official, maybe yeah. or something. More or America. Something, you know, <laughs> something. So I mean, these are things he thinks about. Um, for instance, I was kind of annoyed about this again after he text messaged me something about that he his bankruptcy file. Basically, the AG filed a motion for something that I'm in was like, the judge just missed everything and for that they asked for, which is not true. They did not in this mm-hmm. bankruptcy case. But I had to check. Mm-hmm. So then the next day, it's like, oh, great. I'm in is going down to Olympia to the secretary of state's office to file his paperwork to run for governor. And I'm not going to write about that specifically, mm-hmm, but right. my story was going to go live that day. So I'm like, I better go check that he does it. Mm-hmm. Right. Figure out what party he's running for. But he did in the Secretary of State's office. There's no reason for him to go to the Secretary no. of State's office. No. There's no paperwork to be filed there. It's, it's not disclosure commission paperwork. Yeah, and there's no filing to even He's be filing had it yet. on his phone. He just did it for the backdrop. Oh yeah. My God. And so that's the kind of stuff he does. He would be a fantastic communications director. Like he yeah. would be you know, really good at my job. Like, you know, I mean, so he did it just for the backdrop. Yeah. Secretary of State's office is when he drops off. He did do drop off signatures for initiatives there, mm-hmm. but not for when you're running for office. No, it just filing was, week isn't until May. Right. There's nothing to file. There's nothing to yes. Like the king of the dog and pony. So, but show. anyway, yeah. and at one point, I'm just there to look at his paperwork and just make sure he sends it in. He actually threw the papers on the floor for what? the press, like we're chickens. And I was like, oh, man, no. I'm so mad about this, right? Oh my. And you're just God. like, but I actually need that paperwork because I'm trying to file this story. So, so you have to pick it up. And I was like, I was like, I don't, I'm not actually here to listen to anything has to say. I'm just yeah. here to check this paperwork. Dang it. And so you're then in there being like, I have to pick this paperwork up off the floor, apparently. So you feel compelled to like. And I'm like, I don't have time to listen to his 45 minute spiel. I just need this paperwork. I'm going to go. So then you're like, well, now I'm picking things up off the floor. This is wow. so not how I want my day to go. Right. right. And that's what you deal with when you're writing about IMN. So there you go. And I think oh, that, um, you know, that sort of chaos, it yeah. spreads. So today we have the Pierce County executive coming out with a news flash. Pierce County is going to evaluate whether we should also join in the um, in favor of of um, upholding oh, so I nine seven six. The attorney general's defense. Yeah. I haven't seen that. We yet. Want, yeah, you know, we well, it's just a press release. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of details. They've asked Mary Robnett, the Pierce County prosecutor, to review what the county can do. What should happen so that the county can go in and join with the attorney general, I guess, in upholding the voters' intent? This is weird. Yeah, I don't know what the what the what is the, like the legal basis well, of this. Well, one like, of the arguments Seattle and King County are making, or Seattle in particular, is that our voters have voted for some of these car tab taxes locally. This overturns that. They didn't even support this initiative right. in right. Seattle, right? Mm-hmm. Pierce County is a different story. Pierce County yeah. voters did approve 976. So maybe that's where No, going. he's saying that they didn't approve 976. Or yes, they did approve 976. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what they're saying. But to me, it's like, well, OK, but the attorney general's job is already to uphold the will of the voters. Right. So w- what do you have, Pierce County, that is value added? What you know nuance to this case do you have that you need to add to it? I don't know that there's any. There might be. Now, if there is something, and maybe Mary Rabnett will tell them this, you know, you don't have to join as a party mm-hmm. where it's unlikely you have any you standing. You go to file an amicus brief. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we'll see. But what I see is it's sort of like it's that huge hullabaloo 
about this initiative and, oh, the courts are trying to do away with the voters' will. And Iman plays on that specifically. One yeah. thing he talked about to me, and I, I did put this in my piece, was that he thinks initiatives have multiple functions. One of them is passing a new law that mm-hmm. goes on the books. Mm-hmm. The other is just pressuring legislators. Right, getting like a— The, the lobbying effect. Yeah. So and he that mentioned, has worked. And right. he mentioned like a to mandate me, as size. an example of that, um, so where he has since 976 passed— Senator Oban, who's a state senator from the Tacoma area, he lives in West Tacoma, and in the mm-hmm. district extends into the suburbs and Lakewood and 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 such. He immediately um, sent a letter asking the age the attorney general to recuse himself. See? Yes, and um, so that's something I'm pointed to. Is see, I'm having an impact. You know, look at this. I don't know if he would have done that if I hadn't been. If, I mean, without the success and without me pointing out these problems with the attorney general from Iman's perspective, problems. And I, I have not gotten in, into that too much in my coverage because, you know, I'll let the court sort it out. I just feel like yeah. getting too much into the back and forth doesn't really serve readers. Well, and it's really hard. I mean, so I, I am a member of the attorney general's office. We have 500 attorneys. Mm. And, uh, and honestly, I mean, if you want the initiative to be overturned, it would be great to farm it out to people who don't have the depth of experience that the AGs have, right? I don't think – I don't get the impression that the attorney general's office has been pulling punches. Like their first no. brief they filed and this is – I mean I don't know who wrote it. It's – you know, I mean it's not Bob Ferguson writing all the no. words. <laughs> That's not how it But works. he usually reviews all of them right. for that, right. for I mean, that kind of He's going to be involved. Yeah. But I mean they were they, – the, the language – I'm trying to remember the specific language. When they first filed something saying that – you know, the opposition to 976 has no merit. Like, mm-hmm. they were, like, very um, cutting towards Seattle in particular. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're selling blo- like blocks of property for millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars. You're telling me you can't afford some of this stuff, please? You know, right. like, mm-hmm. that this idea that these cuts are so detrimental. And they were not shy in that, mm-hmm. in the in the briefs that I've read from the Attorney General's office. Which is good, because they shouldn't be political, like, right. just because he's... Right. Well, right. I mean, they're yeah. headed by, it's a, you know, it's an elected office, but mm-hmm. the attorneys have generally, well, really always been kind of a nonpartisan and a real deep well of kind mm-hmm. of knowledge about this. I mean, really, there's some people, and Alan Copps, you argued the case is one of them. There's some people who just, they know, like, election laws and the constitutional laws so, well, you know, so deep. I've been doing it for years and years and years. So, I mean, I sort of look at it and I think, you know, I understand your position. But honestly, I mean, these these people, the attorney general's office are probably the best attorneys. So right state. now, mm-hmm. as this goes on, I've been asking attorney general's office, the state Supreme Court to keep me updated. It's possible as we're recording this because it's is it Wednesday? What day is it? Wednesday. It is Wednesday. So this initiative is supposed to take effect. Well, it was supposed to take effect tomorrow. OK, mm. I, it was December fifth. So that the stay decision needs to be made. Well, mm. well. So, I'm trying to like condense all this for people mm-hmm. who aren't haven't been following every crazy twist and turn. <laughs> Voters approved this on November November fifth, right? Um, it was supposed to go into effect a month later, but uh, last week in King County Superior Court, which is a trial court level. A judge agreed to put it like an emergency hold on the initiative mm-hmm. while this legal challenge plays mm-hmm. out. It's not a final decision. It could the, the initiative still could be upheld and go forward, mm-hmm. but while we're figuring out, he said, "Okay, okay, okay. I think there's enough merit to the argument of the people opposing the initiative that we can pause it for now while mm-hmm. it plays out." And the, that's really important because if they don't pause it, then everyone who's going to have 
Um, car tabs coming up. Well, everyone has car tabs, but all of these um, organizations, too, have to immediately start their budgeting process right, yeah, of trying right. to figure out yeah. how they're going to make up for this money, even though there's a chance that maybe down the road it'll be overturned. Right. right. So it staves off some of the cuts that some of the local agencies in particular were worried about for now till the case can be decided. However, the attorney general, the one that Iman alleges is not doing enough, uh, not working hard to defend this initiative, mm-hmm. immediately filed an appeal to the Supreme Court, the state Supreme Court, saying, hey, we want you to let this go into effect. We want you to overturn that lower court ju- judge's right. decision. Wow. So, I, I, I mean, I'm sitting here over Thanksgiving weekend being like, there's not very many days here, right? right? Mm-hmm. So today's Wednesday. It's supposed to go into effect tomorrow. As of literally like an hour ago before um, I when I checked, the state Supreme Court hadn't given any answer like are you, know you letting what? it are you overturn are you, is this right. going into effect in tomorrow I don't even know I'm, try, I'm a reporter I don't even know I'm trying to figure it out it's so. interesting isn't it because I don't know if they've even got all the briefing in mm. yet or initial man this gets deep okay <laughs> AG's reply brief I think uh, was was filed today okay so that's the, so, yeah so, so, so they this, do the first you know hey Supreme Court we want you to look at this yeah, Seattle must come back and say, yeah, they no, 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 no need at all. And then the ages says, oh, so yeah, So I think yeah. that's the final okay. brief, I think. Yeah. And it, but it's like, is there going to be a hearing on this? Is this right? State Supreme Court right. just going to issue a ruling? Like, uh, like basically, it's like, I don't know, shrug your face right now. And that's like, is it going to go into effect tomorrow or not? It's super weird. We should take a quick break so you can check your I mean, email. I kind of might need to check my phone <laughs> well, right now. Technically, like, I think it can't go into effect tomorrow because the, the legal ruling that we have yeah. now is... It stayed. Right, right. It's Right now, okay. it's not going to go into effect unless the state Supreme Court intervenes. Yes. Are they going to do that at 4.59 p.m. Dun, dun, dun. and ruin my life today? It's possible. It's 4.30. <laughs> it's 4.40 p.m. right now, which is why I say that. Is there anything in your email? Uh, no. No, although I did get a different thing from the state Supreme Court on a different motion in the case that's not the one I care about earlier, which was caused me to panic at like yeah. 4.08 p.m. Oh, so, God, yeah. I mean, they, they're obviously doing stuff, so it's possible. Mm-hmm. I will let you know if I see it come across while we're talking. Wouldn't but, that be something? Uh, breaking, breaking news, news folks. Oh, <laughs> breaking news. Um, but yeah, um, so that's kind of where it's at. It's kind of um, stopped for now unless the state Supreme Court comes through with something very quickly. Cool. So, Should we take a break? Yeah, take a break. This is Alaska Airlines Mileage Plan MVP Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, Nerd Farmer. Hope and I are setting off on a new adventure. We're moving to the Middle East for the next few years and exploring a new culture. Don't worry, don't worry. The Nerd Farmer podcast isn't going anywhere. But do you know what is coming with us? My Alaska Airlines Mileage Plan. Here's what's cool. Alaska has more than 15 global partners which allows me to earn and use Alaska miles even when I'm not flying Alaska. So if I leave SeaTac and fly direct to Dubai on Emirates on an eligible fare, I'm going to earn Alaska miles on that flight. That means whenever I fly home, I'm going to be racking up some insane miles that I can use to book future travel. If you have an international vacation plan, check out the list of Alaska airline partners like Japan Airlines, British Airways, Cathay Pacific, Qantas, and a whole lot more. Enter your Alaska Airlines mileage plan number when you book with Alaska Global Partners and watch those miles add up toward elite status on your next trip. My thanks to Alaska Airlines for their continued support of Channel 253. Learn more at alaskaair.com backslash global partners. All right, welcome back. Uh, Melissa is checking her email and looking at a map of the... 10th Congressional District. Yes, which Denny Heck is about to vacate. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that just happened this morning, and I was like, what? What? I was not—I I actually wasn't expecting that. Um, Jenny Heck, who is 
been serving the 10th legislative, sorry, I say legislative district, 10th congressional district in Congress for Washington, uh, said he was going to retire this morning. And uh, that means next year he will not run for reelection. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen anyone jump on the seat yet, but no. that I'm assuming there'll be a lot of interest in that seat. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because I was immediately thinking, well, who lives in that district? Mm-hmm. Who would be a good candidate for that? I don't know if it, they, it matters if they live in the district. I mean, the, the weird thing, I checked this before coming here because um, you don't have to live in the congressional district when you run for Congress. You do oh. for the legislature yeah. um, or at least be registered to vote in that district. You just have to live in the state for Congress. Oh, huh. So that creates some interesting dynamics. I'm like Pramila Jayapal, who right. ran in the, is now elected in the 7th, 7th, oh my goodness. I'm having trouble with numbers no, today. In Seattle's 7th district, actually lives in the 9th, I think. Um, I didn't know Or she that. did when she ran. Either. She might have yeah. moved since. I haven't checked yeah. her address in a couple of years, but she actually lived outside the district when she won that seat or was running for that seat. Um, and you can do that in Congress, mm-hmm. probably because they all live D.C. half the time anyway. True. <laughs> but that's, um, yeah. So so that kind of got me thinking. There's a couple people that I've been like, oh, when a congressional seat opens, I'm sure they'll jump on it or I think they'll jump on it. They have not told me this, like to be clear. Speculate. Um, mm-hmm. I think um, Joe Wynn is a is a new young state oh. senator from um, Seattle, West Seattle, who I just, every time I talk to him, I mean, Joe, if you ever listen to this, you might not, but I've told you this. Are you running for Congress? It's fine. I'm sure you're going to run for Congress. It's fine. Um, and so I, it's, it kind of reminds me of Pramila Jayapal in a way. Yeah, he's so smart. Um, you know, he's... Um, He's been able to energize young people and get some stuff done in the legislature by just kind of like coming in and like breaking stuff kind yeah. of like that's on Facebook philosophy mm-hmm. a little. He, um, I don't think he would describe himself that way, but he definitely has seemed to not totally follow the state legislature rules. Mm-hmm. And that implies to me that he doesn't really care about staying forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's someone I could see running for Congress. He's only he's only in his first term. But, you know, Pramila was only in yeah. the right. legislature for Two years before running. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I kind of wonder about Cyrus Habib. He's lieutenant governor. I really wondered about Cyrus. Yeah. And um, I always have kind of pegged him as wanting to run for Congress. I hear that he meets pretty regularly with Patty Murray and Maria Cantwell. I mean, he would in his role anyway to some extent. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I, I just have gotten the um, feeling that those sorts of things have been discussed. Um, mm-hmm. I, there, we don't know if Maria... Or Patty Murray, who are states, U.S. senators. Mm-hmm. I cover the legislature. It's hard for me to remember to talk mm-hmm. about Congress correctly. <laughs> you know, I mean, I haven't heard that they're retiring, but certainly people are wondering if At some point. they might mm-hmm. in the next, you know, five, sure. six years. So, Well, I think the difficulty is, is that that district is, um, you know, Danny Heck is holding it now, but it's mm-hmm. not really like a true blue district. Yes, it's not like right. a hardcore Democrat district. I would say it's more one of the purples. By that, I mean, you know— Definitely lots of Republican and Democrats together. Probably maybe a little bit more mm-hmm. Republican since it care, you know covers a lot South of the— South Tacoma, right? Like, right? South Tacoma, okay, Puyallup. Oh, map. you've got the map up. Okay, But yeah. the map is all gray and weird, but it does include a lot of East Pierce County. Yeah. Um, mm. More than I thought. And Thurston. East, so it goes east of Thurston, has Yelm. Mm. Um, I, I do wonder—so I've been talking about Democrats, both Joe Wynn and— um, and Cyrus Habib, the lieutenant JT governor. J.T. Wilcox would be amazing. That is exactly what I was going to say. So so I think J.T. Wilcox, who is currently the minority leader in the state house, who's been in office, he was first elected, I think, 2010. Um, and he's been around for a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if he might run. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been seeing a lot of, like, 
JT likes like he he runs a he's a farmer guy like yeah, in his background. Yeah, I see him everywhere. But he's also like very much playing up the rugged farm guy thing yeah. lately a lot. I mean, that's just an identity. It's not a put on. But mm-hmm. I've just been like, why do I see so many photos of JT like, you know, ruggedly mm-hmm. striving stri- strutting through a field lately? And so that kind of makes me wonder <laughs> a little bit. Of, like Putin riding a bear. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's I mean that is his whole thing. That's, so that's would be one because it does cons- include a lot of conservative districts. That's the thing that for Cyrus or. Joe Wynn what might be an issue because they're pretty liberal Democrats. Yeah. That's why I suspect it'd be more like a statewide run. Maybe is what I was thinking, you know, talking about Senate for Cyrus Habib, for mm-hmm. instance, if mm-hmm. that one of those opens is probably more likely. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, uh, you know, I haven't looked at the numbers as closely lately for that district. Um, certainly there's some deep, deep blue. I think Thurston went for Bernie in the primary. You oh, know? it wouldn't surprise me at all. So there's some deep, yeah. deep blue, but there's also red in the area. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what how, what the balance is there right now. Mm-hmm. But there's certainly been a lot of shifting in some of the western Washington districts in the last – since the last redistricting, so like since mm-hmm. the last seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, someone more liberal might make a go of it. It's interesting. I think it's a really hard decision to make, especially if you're in like a legislative seat or even a state elected, you know, because if you're up for election in 2020, then you have to decide I'm going to step out. I'm going to forego running for Mm reelection in my pretty safe position in order to try for this congressional seat. Yeah. And it's interesting because some of the people who are the conservative side who you'd think would be candidates for governor have not – decided to go that route in mm-hmm. Washington State, right? What a good segue. I was just going to ask oh, yeah. about that. Well, yeah. I mean, so that includes, um, you know, Pierce County Executive Bruce Dammeyer. Right. He has not jumped into the Republican side of the race for governor for 2020. And J.T. Wilcox, who we were just talking yeah. about as potential congressional candidate, also has not. And even though I believe, I know I know Bruce has been asked several times. You no, know, I really think that the difficulty is, is that I think that the, I think the Republicans felt, or at least a lot of people who look at the Republicans felt that if Rob McKenna couldn't do it, who, who can? Well, there's this debate happening within the Republican Party right now about do you have to be – traditionally, the Republicans who have won statewide in Washington state were more moderate or come close. Gina Rossi in 2000 came really, really close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of Republicans I see on Facebook um, still seem to – still think he won. That was a very contentious election. Was that 2004 or was it 2000? 2004. 2004. Sorry. Am I might – yeah. Yeah, yeah, 2004. I apologize. Not 2000. That was the presidential one that got all <laughs> – that got all a little bit get weird. Sorry. I'm mixing up my years. But 2004. That was Rossi came really close to winning. He didn't do badly in, in the mm. next uh, in two thousand eight either, and he was more moderate. Um, um, and then you know Ron McKenna runs statewide as, as attorney general, if not for governor, when he ran in twenty twelve. So yes, there's been the moderate Republican can mm-hmm. win. Kim Wyman, who's currently Secretary of State, right. pretty moderate Republican. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's been the model in Washington State. That's sort of Dan Evans Republican. Mm-hmm. He, it's been a while since he was in office, and I don't have all my years in front of me. But I like a little dance that goes with that. Yeah, there's, you can't see the dancing. <laughs> you guys are missing I'm a lot of great seat dancing. Hand dancing. <laughs> it's, 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 that's why I can't criticize hand motions on Iman's part. I'm going to knock all the equipment over over here soon. But, um, so, yeah, so that's been the blueprint. I've, I've said this four times mm-hmm. now because I keep getting – is moderate Republican. But that hasn't been working. I mean it hasn't been working lately yeah. statewide. So moderate Republicans, why would they just be the sacrificial lamb? You right. know, if you're mm-hmm. a smart, ambitious Republican or even not ambitious but just want to do stuff and don't yeah. want to just lose. Yeah. I think that's that's sort of Damire's situation. It's like – Yeah, why? Uh, mm-hmm. I won Pierce County and I'm executive here. I can do stuff here. Mm-hmm. How, what can I do if I just lose the governor's race? Like, right. what is that going to mm-hmm. do for me? Mm-hmm. 
So um, there you have it. So that now, so there's the other Republicans who are arguing, well, yeah, yeah, that's because you keep running these moderates who aren't like really as Republican as Republicans want. So there you have those are some of the people running now. Um, announcing for governor, Iman is running as an independent, but he is he is very conservative, anti-tax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He tends to side with Republicans on a lot of issues support a lot of Republicans in his mass fundraising emails and criticize mm-hmm. Democrats. But he's running as an independent. The The other Republicans who are announced, there's three or four, they're definitely a little more, much more not on the moderate side. Um, at least Phil Fortunato, who's mm-hmm. a state senator from this area, he's in the 31st legislative district, which yeah, is like, like out of Eatonville or something. You know, that's more the second. So mm. it's, um, it is East Pierce County, but it also cuts into King a lot. Okay. So he actually lives in Auburn, I think. It's Pam Roach's district mm-hmm. when she was in the legislature. Right. Now she lives in Sumner. So, Supposedly. I, yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I heard about that. Yeah. Anyway, actually, that's what the kiss my ass Melissa Santos email was about, by the right. way. Because right, I wrote a story right, just right. being like, weird, she switched her voter registration to Sumner, but her husband still lives in the I think she house? has a house in Sumner. I've, I think her yeah, son was living in the I've, house. I've, I've yeah. been there. So she has a house there. Her, her registered. House? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm 20. I mean, it's been a while. But um, anyway, point is, it's that area. I mean, mm-hmm. it does include Sumner, that district where Phil Fortunato is from. He succeeded Pam Roach in the state mm-hmm. Senate. Actually, um, so, but it's, you know, it's pretty conservative, like parts mm-hmm. of that area are pretty conservative. And um, certainly Fortunato is kind of like a, more of a provocateur, mm-hmm. more of a sort of, I think, I'm trying to remember if he supported Trump. I think he did. He's not one a moderate Republican who just, who would denounce Trump and put him no. off right. of the side. So it's a different kind of thing. He rails against Seattle all the time. You know, he super, super pro gun rights. Most, Repu- a lot of Republicans are, to be fair, but like. He was, like, talking on this floor about, you should see how fast I can fire a gun with just my finger. You don't need a bump stock. Like, that sort of stuff. Like, he's a little out there. Cool guy. Yeah. So, anyway, that's the kind of person you have jumping into the race who's not a moderate Republican. Mm -hmm. So, they're trying to test the theory being, like, let's do a real Republican, Mm -hmm. right? Let's do a real Republican. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Right. That's an interesting situation for all the Republicans Mm -hmm. right now who are not— Winning in a state that goes blue statewide, like maybe if you go more conservative, will that work? Yeah. I don't know. So the interesting thing about uh, Tim Iman entering that race is it's sort of like neither party is very excited about this mm. turn of events. Uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I – I, I, no. Actually, funny, Fortunato told my told another reporter, Rachel LaCourt, who works for the AP, he's like – I supported Tim Iman's legal defense campaign. I want my money back now, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. And I thought that was a great quote. I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think the other Republicans in the race are thrilled about it because Iman does have like a statewide yeah. reputation. Mm-hmm. You know, 20 kind of years sucks the of, air out of the room. Yeah, really so does. I mean, yeah. I don't think it's completely out of the question that Iman will get through the primary. I mean, I think it's really possible. I think it's very possible. I mean, he's got the name recognition, and a lot of people are very sympathetic toward him because of this nine seven six, and especially with the idea of you know the outrage that a judge and may he's be getting overturning in the it media all the time, all the time. with the, you know his, his with this going mm-hmm. on right now. And, um, yeah. We're so, contributing to that. We are. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's of, interesting. Yeah, because I mean. 
Yeah, I think that there. What, what I made the decision of is it's a little bit different to talk about it with context than totally. just run clips of him. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's what he wants is you just have to run in clips of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think it's a similar thing about like CNN and, and network news channels. Like, do you just run Trump's rallies? Right. Mm-hmm. Or do you provide context? Like, you can't not cover someone, mm-hmm. but you can make choices. You don't have to cover everything they do. So that's right. where I think. I think talking about it, frankly, is okay. And giving good context about who this random enigma person is who is just, like, so huge in the state. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Republicans are looking at him and thinking, you know, this outsized personality Mm. is just going to sort of, yeah, suck all of the air out of the room. And he's going to get all of the attention. So that's not good for us. Whereas the Democrats are looking at it and thinking— Oh, bummer, man. You know, we thought we were going to have a pretty easy walk with Jay Inslee, and we weren't going to have to spend a whole load of money. And suddenly we're realizing, oh, crap, we might have to spend every dollar plus more just to have Jay retain the governor's race. And yeah. like the oh, – just the stranger had a good editorial about how this is kind of like Tim Iman's perfect time because mm-hmm. as we've proven with the president, uh, no one – white men don't care about breaking laws and it empowers them to, you know, go on and, and lead the land. You know, that is yeah. something that uh, – I will give a shout out to Crystal Fincher who's a pretty smart political consultant mm-hmm. I talked to who I didn't get in my Iman story and I felt bad because after I talked to her, it was like an hour later he announced he was running for governor and I'm like, I got to cut half the story. Sorry, Crystal. Like, this is not going in. <laughs> But one thing she said is that this, like, whole idea about, um, you know, uh, that Iman's, you know, person is a flawed guy. You know, mm-hmm. he has, like, these issues with the attorney general's office. He has he campaign finance issues. Apparently stole a chair. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, we haven't even touched on we that. Touched on <laughs> There's so much, right? He he did – he was caught on video. He's actually Walking spun around in the Chiboli chair at yeah. the office depot in Lacey, then rolled it out and had and a theft charge home. Yeah. Oh filed God. against him. And he, you know, says it was a mistake or misunderstanding, whatever, tried to return the chair. Of course, you know, took a video of him trying to return the chair right. and distributed it. Right. And look what kind of media got him. There you go. A lot. So, mm-hmm. so, I mean, yes. So it could be all part of the plan. It could be all part of the plan. But, it, but okay, what was the point? We got to the chair. And this is why I don't talk about the um, chair. It gets so white distracting. White men being bad. Right. Well, Crystal right. was saying, and this is a good point, um, is that... You know, the standard has changed a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot. Trump is accused of a lot of stuff. I, I, you know, he is accused of sexual assaulting, sexually assaulting many women. Mm-hmm. That hasn't um, necessarily made him unelectable. Right. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff he's obviously being accused of now with the impeachment proceedings that are still ongoing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm in stuff doesn't necessarily rise to that level necessarily. Mm-hmm. And this is a Democratic consultant who's saying this. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean... <laughs> It's not hurting I mean, him. Yeah. You know, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean he's unelectable. Um, so that's interesting. Well, one factor, too, um, Inslee will be, and actually so will Fortunato, all of the people who are currently in office will be frozen. They won't be able to do any fundraising yeah. from December, I think it's 13th, through um, whenever the session comes to an right. end. So yeah. that gives... I'm in a real opportunity to do some significant fundraising. And I'm in can send out a fundraising email about everything that the, the Democratic lawmakers propose to deal with 976 that he doesn't like and raise money off complaining about it or saying mm-hmm. that they're trying to overrule the will of the people mm-hmm. or things like that. So he can do that, but um, others in office cannot do that. Right. Or, mm-hmm. like, and that includes Phil Fortunato, who's in the state Senate. And mm-hmm. um there's a couple other Republican candidates. Sorry, I'm just... Oh, no, there are, kidding. and I was looking them up, too, but they're... I don't uh, Josh Freed is a former male right. at Bothell, but he's not currently in there right now, and he has been really opposed to safe injection sites. That's one of his issues, which um, Republicans tend to talk about, uh, uh, even on races where no such thing is, is actually proposed, so mm-hmm. that's... 
Um, I think one was, though. I think when he was in Bothell, I think that he was there was maybe a, a legitimate concern. Uh, but anyway, that was that was a huge part of his platform, and I think in his video where he announced for governor. So you're like, okay, no, safe sense. introduction sides. Right. So I mean, and then there's, oh my goodness. There's That's a couple like of guys. Oh yeah, Freed. oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Lauren Culp. So he's is a this right? is a police chief in Republic, which is a small town in eastern Washington. And he's got fifty thousand dollars. in. Yeah, yeah, he's been in it for a little bit, and he has been opposing the new. Oh, the gun uh, laws, or yes, mm. the sixteen thirty one. No, no, that was yeah. the, that was the car sixteen thirty four. Nine. Nine. We'll <laughs> it's get so it. Yeah. Okay, so the gun, the gun initiative that passed in 2018 that increased background checks and had mm-hmm. safe storage requirements. He's saying he he. I think he's one of the chief, the the police chiefs who has mm. said that he thinks he it's unconstitutional. Yeah. yeah. So he, that's sort of well. That and that group, the those um, you know the gun supporters. That is a lot of energy. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the kind of people you have in the field right now. There's another guy named Anton. Sakharov. Yeah, and he's a tech guy, and I don't fully understand. I don't know his platform that well, so mm-hmm. I, I don't want to um, speak one way or another about where he's coming from. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I looked at his webpage recently, and I haven't spoken to him to get a good read on the issues. But there's four then Republicans. In yeah. Him. What would a Tim Iman governorship look like? Like he wouldn't be able to be the underdog anymore. You like, know, what I would mean, he even I think it would do? look a lot like the Trump presidency. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you've got someone who he doesn't have like, you know, 50 people who he's been working with as consultants and supporters. I mean, who's he going to bring in as the head of DSHS? I mean, this this the thing. Being in charge, being the governor, like being the president, you've got to stab, you know, you got to bring in the heads of all these agencies to kind of, you know, make your vision come to mm-hmm. life. And it's how do you do that when yeah. you've never got well, anything? I think that Iman's main thing, and I think this would work for the people who supported him, will be to veto tax increases. Mm-hmm. That's by the, the the legislature probably will remain Democratic, at least for the first – if he were elected in 2020. This is a big if. Washington has been very – like going blue statewide for some time here, although he's an independent. So I don't know what that – I don't know how that works. But, I mean, I don't know how that throws a wrench into the recent electoral map. But – um you know, he'd have a Democratic legislature, I believe, for at least the first couple of years, just mm-hmm. the way um, these cycles tend to work. You know, he has been criticizing Inslee for saying in, that when Inslee first ran, Inslee said, I will – I don't think taxes are the right direction for Washington and new taxes. And then he went on to propose some, mm-hmm. propose some and sign some into mm-hmm. law later. That's something that Iman has been very critical of. So all Iman would really have to do to kind of keep his campaign promises is veto tax increases, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And that's something he's probably willing to do. And I think that the people who elect him are – that's kind of where he's found a niche so mm-hmm. far um, with the initiative. So that's what we probably would expect. Yeah. Um, Governor gets to – so there's the cabinet agencies that he gets to appoint all the heads of. Then there's also all the superior court judges, mm-hmm. appellate court true. judges. You know, there shouldn't be another opening on the Supreme Court anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but that – that could be big. I mean, that could be a, a major change. I don't. Right. It's hard to say. Hard to say. Right. He is not someone who is good at following rules. I had noted that I think he's got a couple of very minor, but I think he's already got a couple of campaign finance violations mm-hmm. going with his governorship thing. You're supposed to file – when you file your C1, which is your campaign registration paperwork, you're supposed to file a 
contribution report, which is a C3, and an expenditure report, C4, to say, hey, you know, I've been getting organized and I've spent a little bit of – I took in mm-hmm. some money and I spent a little bit of money. So here's my starting point so that you know everything I've spent so far. And he didn't file a C3 or a C4. Mm-hmm. Now, I know he's spent some money because you've got a website up and running that is not just your amateur website. It's a pretty good website. So, you know – but that's not a major violation. But again, it's sort of like, are you going to pay attention to these things and try to do it right? Or are you just going to say, eh, who cares? Didn't you say he's raising money for his legal defense fund on his website? Well, tell us about oh, that, Melissa, because well, you had I something on that. that. Because I was like, I just thought I was a little odd. Like in his emails, Iman combines a lot of purposes into one email, into one fundraising thing. That's one of the things – he's kind of in trouble for that. The attorney general alleges at least – that he basically sent out an email saying, I need this much money to raise for signatures and inflated the number and then like kept some of the money basically anyway. Mm. So he does stuff that's – that's the allegation. He denies it. OK. There we go. Fair. Uh, but, um, you know, he sends out fundraising emails. Like he had one that had his whole governor logo, his face saying mm-hmm. all in on I'm in governor 2020. And the first link, you know, when he's talking about that was to his legal defense fund in this email. Mm. And I don't know that that's uh, totally a violation you know, I can't say it is exactly. It's just you had to scroll down like tw- I think I counted like thirty paragraphs or twenty-four paragraphs to get to any sort of link to his gubernatorial site. You can uh, really see how someone could be confused. Yeah, could and think I want to support Tim Iman for governor, so let me go to this website and make a donation. Right, and then it turns out you're not making a contribution to his campaign at all. Right, mm-hmm. and I mean, and I went to the website. I mean, one thing. I mean, he even says on the website that is for his legal defense fund. When I followed the link, is that you? There's no limit on what you can donate here. You know, if you're an individual donating to mm-hmm. a campaign, there is a limit. Mm-hmm. It's a little higher now than what it used to be. But I, per cycle, you, I mean, it's it's fairly tight. It's like under 2,000. It's, it's I think like it's 2,000 for yeah. the um, primary, 2,000 for the general, yeah. for, for a governor. Oh, for governor, position. yeah. It's, it's larger for governor's yeah. races. She's right. So, I mean, there's a limit. But there's no limit on what you can just kick over to his legal defense fund. Mm-hmm. And it's not regulated. So, you know, so it's also not, tra- there's no transparency. And, I mean, I did. So, so it's interesting because I've heard people being like, oh, it's going to be so interesting to see his financial disclosures when he files for uh, I don't his think office. It will be. One, those are, those forms aren't super informative. And his whole bankruptcy file has his bank statements, you right. guys. Like you don't need his, F- his <laughs> F1 form. I, like I, let's say he's got like $37,000 or $34,000, from his legal defense fund last month. Like, wow. Lawyers cost a lot of money, so mm-hmm. that could be – no offense to lawyers. There's okay. a lawyer over there. I don't take one. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, I mean, private lawyers cost a lot of money. And uh, so, yeah, that could easily get blown through. But, like, you could seem to see everything he's spending. And that's um, – Yeah. Yeah. So, and he – you know, I, I don't have a, a large family, so I don't want to, like, be too judgy about it. But, like – Spends like nineteen thousand a month. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what? That's well. A lot. He has a house that he and his wife have, are still not divorced, even though they're filed for divorce. So that is sort of supporting two residences, mm. according to his filings. So, and he has you know some of it's paying for his kids' tuition at Wazoo, and um, so there's like expenses there that I do not have as an individual, and mm-hmm. apparently I'm learning kids are expensive. Right. Yeah. They are for anybody. So, um, but the 19,000 is a bit. That's steep. In fact, um, I didn't say this earlier, but one thing why I decided to go and look deeper into his bankruptcy file and put that in my story on him is because the day he announced for governor, that morning there was a hearing in his bankruptcy case. The attorney general's office has been asking 
in his bank in Iman's bankruptcy case that a trustee be appointed to oversee the whole estate to make sure that he pays his debts mm. because most of his debts are owed to the attorney general's office right now for this campaign finance case. So all these cases are interconnected. And it's just, um, you know, I mean, I don't know if it was when he was at his trust, his hearing in bankruptcy court that he was like, maybe I'll run for governor today. <laughs> um, but it is kind of like it came out of the blue that afternoon. <laughs> I literally talked to him, I believe, on the phone the day before. Nothing. And it wasn't mentioned. I don't expect him to tell me, you know, and my he uh, he knows our distribution numbers for our media outlets. I mean, I don't expect him to rush to me first. But it seems but. like he wouldn't be able to not tell you. Right. Yeah, it was a little, so I don't know if he actually had decided a day or two before. Mm-hmm. I really don't. But um, he certainly had hearings and was in bankruptcy court. And the attorney general also asked that, hey, hey, your plan is to pay $5,000 a month to us. That's not going to work because it'll be more than 30 years before your debt's paid off. We're going to we're asking that you uh, that you have a plan that pays 20000 That also happened the same day he wow. announced wow. to run for governor. So maybe this is a fundraising That is him. what some think. A lot of people think that, yeah. Uh, and I certainly found some people who told me that on the record for my story, and I put mm-hmm. that in there. He says it's not. You know, I mean, there wow. are rules. You can't— um, you can't just, you know, take all your campaign's money, exactly, Mm-mm. but you can reimburse yourself for lost income. Mm-hmm. And he has been reporting a business, a consulting firm, a political consulting uh, firm or committee that is where he gets his income from in his bankruptcy file. Hmm. So, like, if he's like, oh, now I'm campaigning for this, I'm losing my income from doing this, he theoretically could make it happen and, and replace lost income. Another thing a former state lawmaker told me, a Republican, was that you can expense so much stuff when you're running for governor. You're going around the state, you right. can expense That's hotels, true. you can expense your driving. Like, there's just a lot of um, you can expense legally from your campaign. Mm. So Although that something. y'all has, have to at least show that in the You have to show file. it, and you have to document as well your lost income. You can't just yeah. make it up. Like, mm-hmm. you have to have pay stubs from when you were – if you had a job job, like, that, not self-employed, you have to have, like, pay stubs mm-hmm. saying, I made this much, and now I'm on leave, so I'm not making that. Well, if you have a business, you, can, you still have to document it. And the Iman's case would be his private business. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd have to show he made this previously. But he's kind of been doing that in his bankruptcy file. Yeah. He's been showing he got that income. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you do have to document it. It's not a free-for-all again, mm-hmm. but... And it does drive a lot of attention to all of your other activities. Right. I mean, it does... Yeah, it's... it's. I mean, again, he's raising money for his legal defense fund and his governor... I want to be governor emails. So, like, it's kind of... He has mer- merged stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's happening. Leaves that's a lot right. of questions as to his... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is just like a career move for him. <laughs> Keep the money flowing. Yeah, I'm, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's 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 like in some ways he can come, come across extremely earnest when you're talking to him, and it's hard to know because if he's for real, narcissistic personality disorder. I don't know. Well, it's interesting because you know when he <laughs> he's very he he talks very affectionately about his family. I'm sure he loves his family. I mean, I'm sure that's totally genuine. When I talk to him. When we had like I sat down with him recently, you know, he cried when talking about his daughter being there with him on election night, you know, when 976 passed. And I just wasn't sure what to do with that. Like, I'm not he's he's cried in front of the press several times before. And it's like, you know, I, I it probably comes from a genuine place. He's in a rough place in his life right now. He said his daughter said something about how she was glad the initiative passed and that got him really emotional. Mm. And maybe that's totally genuine. I don't know. You know, I don't know. So he's that kind of that guy we always have to question because everything's so performative. Like Mm -hmm. everything is a performance 
So, I mean, again, he shows up in – he used to show up in costume all the time, like mm-hmm. gorilla suit, Darth Vader. And like, you know, I mean, so you just have to – it's hard to know what's a performance and what's real with him. And that's right. kind of how you have to approach him. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I don't think so. I mean, this will be really interesting to watch how things unfold. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. think 2020 is going to be rough. Don't be a political reporter in 2020. Yeah. Just don't do it. <laughs> like too much. There's almost don't do too it. much. Uh, so, yeah, that's the story. Thank you for coming on, Melissa. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. I love you. Oh. <laughs> Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. The Crossing Division podcast is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other shows, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Citizen Tacoma, Founders B-Team, We Art Tacoma, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.